Hi, I'm Sally Farrant, and this is the Pricing Queen podcast. The podcast is here to help you get clear on your pricing and profit and start making more money in your business. I've got a track record for helping companies get their heads around their business numbers. And now I'm here to show you how to start earning the money you deserve and become a pricing queen yourself. If you love this episode, please do rate and review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. And do follow me on Instagram, which is at the pricing queen. And now on with the show. Hello and welcome to the show. On today's show, I've got Ruth Ferreira. Hi, Ruth. Introduce yourself. Hi, Sally. Thank you for having me. So um, I am Ruth Ferreira, success coach and the founder of Success Club. I'm a business growth coach who's passionate about empowering small business owners to take their business to the next level and accelerate their success. So we're going to talk today with Ruth a bit about kind of the challenges she faces with pricing, with her clients, and kind of how to justify higher price points, and kind of how you just get out there and charge more for your services. So do you want to talk a bit about what uh, challenges your clients face with their pricing? Okay. So, um, yes, a lot of my clients actually face some quite significant challenges with their pricing. Um, The most common thing when I start working with them is that my clients just aren't charging enough. And there's a couple of reasons for that. For a lot of them, it's because they don't actually realize what they're worth, or perhaps they don't realize what their own costs are, so they're not factoring them in. And for some people, a massive thing can be confidence to charge what they're worth. Problems that they see when they are undercharging is that they're often attracting the wrong type of client. And we can look at this more later on. Um, And for others, there's a real fear of putting their prices up that they might lose clients in the process. I had one client who um, hadn't put their prices up for years and then they finally did it a few months ago. And it was really interesting because they only had one of their, I mean, probably almost 100 clients, maybe more than 100 clients question it. And that wasn't even so much, it wasn't a question they didn't want to pay the increased price. It was just only one person even came back with any query. So it's really interesting the perceptions that people have that it might be a problem when a lot of the time clients are very willing to pay for your services. Yeah, I think so. And I think it's kind of making sure that that actually you do put your price up regularly and you do think about it and you don't suddenly go for a massive price hike, but also that you might lose a few clients. But it's actually amazing how few you do lose. Almost nobody goes anywhere. They want to work with you, not with anybody else. So that works really well. So pricing your product is obviously a challenge. and talk a bit about positioning and that sort of thing in the marketplace with it. Okay. So yes, I think probably pricing has got to be one of the biggest challenges that most business owners face. And the tricky thing is there's actually no right answer. And that's what makes it such an interesting and often quite stressful topic for business owners. But it's actually really key to get your pricing right because it relates to how you position yourself and your business. And it can make a fundamental difference, the types of customers that you're attracting and actually your long-term success in business. So when you're thinking about what you're going to charge, firstly, you need to consider your target market and what they might be looking for and price accordingly. However, what most people do 
and how most people price themselves is that they look at their competitors, see what they're charging, and then just undercut by a small amount. The problem with this is that somebody can always do the same to you. There will always be somebody who's willing to undercut you. And it's a race to the bottom. Margins get smaller and smaller until actually you're just not making any profit and your business will fold. So whilst it's always an option to undercut the competition, it's really not something I'd recommend for anyone to do. You'll also find that it makes a massive difference to the type of client that you're attracting. So I imagine anyone listening to this podcast, when you're picturing your ideal clients, you probably aren't picturing penny-pinching, pain-in-the-ass type of clients. And actually, you'll probably find that if you price yourself too low, this is what you'll attract. Um, There's a really interesting way of looking at clients, and that's known as the Boston Consulting Matrix. And I love that I'm about to try and explain a graph to you on a podcast, but I'm going to go for it. So imagine a podcast, imagine a podcast, imagine a graph um, on the vertical axis, the one going up, you've got relationship. And on the horizontal axis, the one going sideways to the right, you've got profitability. So all we're considering here is quality of relationship versus profitability in each of your clients. So consider the first, the bottom left quadrant. This is where you've got clients where you've not got a great quality of relationship. They maybe don't treat you very well, perhaps don't pay on time. They're just not that great to work with. You know, they, you see their name come up on email or the phone rings and it's them and you have a bit of a sense of dread, or at least you're not filled with joy. Potentially with these clients, you're also possibly not making a lot of money. Now, I have to say it, these are the clients you want rid of because often they are taking up a lot of your time and you're not making a lot of money from them. Um, Then if you look Above that, so the quadrant where um, the relationship is great. So, you know, the phone rings, it's them. And, you know, you're actually really pleased to hear from them. You enjoy working with them. They treat you with respect. They pay on time. You know, generally the relationship's great, but you're not making a lot of money from them. These type of clients are definitely ones you want to keep, but you want to be working with them to help them to become more profitable clients. You want to move them along the right of that quadrant so you actually make great money working with them. And then you've got your your next type of client. So this is the bottom right quadrant. This is where um, profitability is high, but relationship isn't great again. So like you're kind of dreading, dreading the phone ringing, but you know when it does, you're probably going to make a load of money. We've all been there. We've all had this type of clients. And early on in your business, it can be really hard to um, let this type of client go. But actually, over time, it's not serving you. And actually, what I would suggest, if you're feeling bold and you think your cash flow can handle it, if you were to potentially lose them, is take them out to lunch and actually explain this relationship, explain this matrix to them and ask them where they think they sit. They would probably be quite surprised and explain that you'd like to move them into that top right-hand quadrant, the quadrant where you have a great relationship and you know, it's a profitable relationship for both of you. Um, 
hopefully that relationship improves um, and they can move up to becoming your A type of client. So this is the top right quadrant, the one where you've got a great relationship, you love working with them, um, they pay on time, they treat you well, possibly even send you a little Christmas gift. Who knows? It's always the sweeteners, isn't it? And you actually make great money from them as a client. So these are the winners. And basically within your business, you're looking to move every single one of your clients up into this quadrant where they treat you well, they have a great quality of relationship, but they're also very profitable. And it's actually really interesting because if you're pricing yourself low, you are going to get people clients coming to you from that bottom left corner of the quadrant, you're not going to be attracting those A clients, the top right quadrant. And that's what everyone wants more of. Yeah, definitely. That's a really good explanation. It's, yeah, you've done a well, good job to explain that on a podcast. But uh, but yeah, it's kind of, I think we lots of us have either low paying crap clients or low paying but lovely clients and actually low paying lovely clients are often the hardest ones to move up because they're the ones you really like working with and they're lovely and you really want to carry on working with them but they're also the ones that are actually the ones you need to get rid of it's often very easy to get rid of ones that are not profitable and you have a rubbish relationship with you can often go do you know what they're the first ones to go I'm going to put their price up I'll just put their price up and that's just if, if I lose them I lose them it's not the end of the world I think actually it's that top it's that top left and bottom right that are the hardest. So I think you can improve a relationship with a client that's already profitable. It's like, well, what can I do to make that more enjoyable um, and a better quality of relationship because it's making you money? But the top left, I think the top left one is the most tricky to move people because you just really, they're such lovely clients. Very much so. Um, yes, um, but it's it's always worth thinking about what you can do. Um, but purely from a, a perspective of pricing, it's definitely better to be bringing in the higher paying clients from the outset. So um, I'll just go on to talk about, if you don't mind, Sally, how you can actually do this, how you can justify mm. that higher price point. Yes, please. And there's actually a few things that you can do to to validate yourself at that price point. And the first one is positioning yourself as a real expert in your field, the sort of go-to person within your niche. Um, this is essential to help you convert more clients much more easily at the higher price point. So how do you do this? Well, a lot of the time, it's all about sharing value, showcasing your knowledge and your expertise to the world and becoming known as the person within your niche who has that knowledge, who has, you know, who has that experience and that, you know, why would people go to anyone else? Another thing to do is offer as much value as possible. And this is where a lot of businesses fall down. What they don't realize is that people are buying based on value rather than based on price. So if you consider how you can pack your offer as full of value as possible, but at minimal inconvenience to yourself, it can be a real win for everyone. So, yes, some people definitely want the best price, but, you know, as we touched on earlier, they are likely to be up there with the pain in the backside clients, the ones who pay very little, but take up a lot of your time. So by positioning yourself above them, you're automatically saving yourself that, that burden of even working with them. With any low price offer, people often doubt the quality and they're quite hesitant even from the start. 
But when they see somebody charging a lot, they automatically assume that you must be top of your game. And the key thing, if you're charging more, if you're at this higher price point, is to ensure the value that you offer matches the client expectations of that price point to have a happy customer. Yeah, I think that's it's it's so true. And I think trying to work out what your value is can be quite difficult, but it's kind of going, well, what it's talking to your previous customers and saying, what did you most get out of working with me? Was it the coaching sessions we had? Was it the accountability? Was it the one-to-one stuff? You know, what was it that made working with me a really great experience? Because what you can find, you know, and I think it's true in lots of industries, but But in coaching, you know, you sign up to these massive programs, you spend thousands, tens of thousands on these things and discover that actually it doesn't deliver what you the value that you were expecting for that. So I think you're right. It's kind of making sure that that those two things match up. You know, if you're charging lots of money, that's fine. But you need to be very clear what the value and what results you get for customers as well. That value is about what results you can get. Talk to your previous customers get testimonials, get information about what it was that made it really work for them. Because I think that can also make a massive difference. Absolutely. And I think something that um, a lot of people don't do as well is test and measure the response to the different prices to find that sweet spot. So absolutely adding value, showcasing why you're brilliant, but then just constantly tweaking to find that sweet spot for where your pricing should be. So, um, you know, maybe for within your business, say you, you know, you work with maybe 50 customers over the year, maybe that means like pricing 10 customers at one price and then the next 10 a little more. Um, essentially, whilst you're playing around with pricing, you're looking for the price point that gives you the highest customer lifetime value. This is the price that generates the most sales and most importantly, the most profit over the months, possibly years, even decades that you work with that client. So make sure you are tracking the response at different price points and the customer lifetime value. And it can be really interesting knowing your numbers and understanding them is such a powerful process because a lot of the time, if you increase your prices by 10%, your profit can rise significantly because generally for most businesses, that 10% increase is pure profit. So for for some businesses, depending on how your pricing is structured, a 10% increase in price could actually be a 50% or even more increase in profit. And that's the key thing at the end of the day is businesses need to make more profit. I always say it doesn't really matter what your turnover is if your profit is minimal. Um, I'm always pushing my customers to consider and strive to increase profit. Um, So interestingly, even if you put your prices up and do lose some customers, you actually might be making more profit even if you're making less actual sales. So it's always really powerful to know your numbers and track and just see what works the best. Yeah, I think it's really important. Well, you know, I talk a lot about tracking your numbers and knowing what your numbers are and understanding what makes money in your business. You know, which things that you offer actually make money and which things are actually just not worth you doing. And you can decide to do those things that are not very profitable 
but you're doing that consciously and not, and it might be part of an experiment to grow something that you want to do further down the line, but actually don't, you need to know what those numbers are in order to make those conscious decisions and not just kind of carry on as if it's all just fine and dandy and that you have a lot of, you can have a lot of offers and then it doesn't work. But yeah, putting the prices up regularly and then kind of working out, you know, actually, oh, I put it up 20% or nobody bought it. Nobody bought it. Oh, no. So I'll come back. Yeah. And you can do that. You can move pricing around all the time and nobody actually notices. I was doing something the other day and I was like, I can't, I don't think I can move the price of that. And it's like, but half the people, they wouldn't have seen the emails. They wouldn't have seen the, you know, they don't, people don't register all that many things about pricing actually, unless they're actually buying it. Mm. And then that's fine, fine anyway. If you are putting your prices up, it can actually be slightly tactical to warn your clients. I mean, sometimes it's good just to do it subtly behind the scenes. But if you are wanting to make sales in a particular time frame, it can actually be quite good to give your clients a warning that your prices are going up so that anyone who is on the brink of buying or sort of, you know, considering will be pushed to make a yes or no decision before that particular deadline. So pros and cons of doing either. And obviously, anyone listening to this, just decide what's going to work best in your business for your own clients. Yeah, I think so. And what about positioning yourself in the market? How do you kind of position yourself so that you make sure that you're in the right? I, mean, I guess part of it is being in the right markets, you know, and trying not to be in a in a niche that's cheap if that's something if you're not doing kind of cheaper things if you want to sell very high ticket stuff you need to be in the right sort of environment how do you kind of go about that well it's really interesting um i don't know if anyone listening has heard of the joshua bell experiment so this experiment i find absolutely fascinating um so there was a violinist joshua bell who was a world-renowned violin player. He played in all the big opera houses around the world. And he got asked to do a social experiment. So normally his um, the price to hear him pay, um, he was generally paid around $1,000 a minute, which is mind-blowing to lots of people. He plays on a $3.5 million violin. So just to put this in context, he is the absolute top of his game and phenomenal. And as part of this social experiment, he actually played the violin for an hour in a subway station right beside the opera house that he had been playing in, I think, the night before. And can you guess how much he made in that hour? Not very much. $32. And honestly, that's just, it's mind-blowing. It's absolutely mind-blowing. And this is all to do with positioning because the people who were paying to hear him in the opera house, they were paying to hear somebody who was top, you know, positioned as being the world-renowned violinist. The people in the subway station just saw him, he positioned himself to them as a busker, somebody who is, you know, probably very good at what they do, but not somebody who is attracting that top of their game price tag. And the results speak for themselves. So as a business, I highly recommend positioning yourself as a premium product or service and you will attract a much higher quality customer. When you position yourself as a commodity and compete on price, um, it just doesn't work very well for you as a business. So I, I highly recommend that you stop doing this and look to pitch yourself as somebody who has this premium product or service. 
obviously you need to be aware of what this looks like in your own specific market and you know check that there is a market for this premium product and then consider the numbers often you can charge a lot more but work with less clients and make considerably more profits whilst massively reducing your working hours and I'm not sure about the average person listening to this, but I'm guessing that that is a very appealing option. Isn't that what we all want? (laughs) Absolutely. So there's an example, and I cannot remember where I heard this, um, but there's an example of a personal trainer who, you know, like most personal trainers starting up his business, he was like scrounging around looking for truck clients, working antisocial hours, you know, helping people before they started work and after they finished, just trying to survive and make enough money to get through to the next month. Fast forward a couple of years and he's actually completely changed his positioning and positioned himself as a personal trainer to extremely wealthy businessmen. He added in a huge amount of value to his offering and really built up his brand. He now has a six month waiting list of potential clients. So his pipeline is set. He travels the world and he works with a handful of select clients at any point in time who pay him extremely, extremely well for his services. He's not doing anything fundamentally different. You know, he's training them and helping with them with nutrition and probably mindset as well. But he positions himself in a completely different ballpark. So, I think it's so interesting, isn't it? Because I think you kind of think, oh, that's the sort of thing that you definitely can't do for like personal trainers and things like that. It's like, actually, you totally can. You can do it for anything. You just you just got to think about your positioning and what you what you can actually do and and how you might be able to offer better mm, um, to the right people. Absolutely. So the, the key things to consider if you do want to position yourself as this premium business um is consider that higher prices suggest quality. So position yourself at that higher price point and get your website looking good. Premium brands have premium websites. They have proper email addresses. They have proper phone numbers. Everything runs well. Um, They have probably quite a lot of automation or a VA in, in place. So everything runs smoothly. They have a high quality confident brand products and service and they can showcase their difference they have a really strong unique selling proposition that sets them apart from anyone who might be considered competition they will have amazing branding photos done they'll have phenomenal um phenomenal logos brochures if that's relevant so all of their branding collateral will be high-end and look amazing Um, They'll also have limited options as to how people can work with them. So for any really high-end brand, you want to have maybe two to four amazing options and focus on them. And if the client wants to work with you, they fit within those options. I'm not saying that's the only thing you should do. Actually, like having a product ecosystem can be a really good way of justifying some really top-end price points if you're not looking to work you know if you're looking to still work with quite a lot of people but bring them in so having um some really nice incentive products some very either free or low cost products that allow people to get to know you um whilst 
having the majority of your market as a premium product just for the, the few clients. So it's a great way to allow prospective clients to get a taste of you, get to know you and start to build trust at that very low price point, but whilst aspiring to your premium product. Yeah, I think it's really important. I think it's a really good thing to have some stuff where people can get to know you. I think particularly where they can get to know you properly personally, because I think, you know, you can have a website and you can have all those things, but actually people go, well, I think a lot of the time people don't realise the value of something. And the, and I think people also want the connection. You know, for most of us, we're running kind of personal brand businesses or personal service businesses. And actually it is about you and they need to find that connection with you. And if you can offer something low cost, like a workshop or something, like that or power hour you know some of those things where you, that people can get to know you without having to spend loads of money they'll often come back and go do you know what actually i'd really like to work with you more um and that kind of moves people up you know what they call the value ladder so that you can kind of move some people into the premium product but you only need a couple of people to move into your premium product which i think is the other thing Absolutely. That's what it's all about. And it's quite interesting. I often have people come to me who are just starting out and they are not sure about how to position themselves. And I would always say, and this, you know, advice differs here, but I would always say price yourself high, but give a discount and explain why, you know, explain to people, you know, I'm just starting out. So I'm actually offering a 50% discount to my first three clients once it's gone it's gone um and this really helps to helps people to firstly act because if they want that 50 percent discount they you know once it's gone it's gone they need to act now and it helps to validate you as a business owner it helps to get your first clients through the door getting results and giving you testimonials so i would say stick to your your premium branding but don't you know have a justified reason to discount that price point initially because coming in as a premium brand, it can be very challenging to get your first client. Yeah, I think so. And I think yeah, until you've got kind of some sort of proof that you can you can deliver the results as well. I think when you're new, I think you want to be careful of being too heavily discounted. But I think it's kind of going, well, actually, I'd also like some proof of what results you get is kind of testing the waters a bit of the, that what you offer actually works as well. Very much so. Um, and it's actually very interesting how the price point impacts the results that the customers get. So I've been reading a very interesting book recently by a man called Alex Hermosi, and he talks about an experiment that illustrates this brilliantly that the client's results for the exact same products can vary massively depending on the price paid. So um, the example is of a wine tasting experiment. And this is where the subjects were given a cheap, a medium, an expensive wine in order of quality. And they, the, the products were labeled, so they knew the price point they were at. And they were asked to rank them in terms of price point and experience. And it was very interesting to see that each of the participants ranked the wines exactly as they were labelled in terms of their experience and their enjoyment of the wine. What was very surprising and what the subjects didn't actually know is that they were tasting the exact same wine every <laughs> single time. And this really just goes to show that price point and expectation really does impact our experience of a product or service. So when you price your offering low, 
your client's perceived value of what they are going to experience is also low and they're far less emotionally committed and therefore likely to get much lower results, like much worse results. They're also likely to be more demanding, not always, but often they'll be more demanding, hoping to get their money's worth. And you as a business owner will make less money per client, but actually be working more, which is never a great situation to be in. Even worse for you personally as a business owner, your profit will be lower. And this will have negative impacts on your self-belief and your self-value. Your impact as a business will, you know, the knock-on effect is your impact will be lower. Um, and it can also impact on the service level. And it just makes it all much harder to sell your offer. Generally, it's not a winning proposition. It's just not a great place to be as a business owner. The ideal situation is pricing your product high and pack it absolutely chock-a-block full of value. So your clients are extremely emotionally invested in doing the work because they're, you know, they're putting their effort where their money is. The perceived value of what they're gaining is much higher and inevitably they are going to get better results. They'll probably be less demanding as well. And you as the business owner will make more money, but not be working as hard. In terms of your business, your profit's going to be higher. And this always has a massive knock-on effect as your, on your self-worth as the business owner. Your perceived impact will be much higher and therefore it'll be actually much easier to sell higher levels of your product or service. Um, so the knock-on effects is massive. And I don't know about you, Sally, but of those two scenarios, I know where I'd rather be. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, it's really interesting. Like I see a lot in my, um, my success club, the Business Success Mastermind that I run. Um, over the months that we work together, my clients invariably put their prices up bit by bit um, and they package their products to just jam-pack them full of value for their ideal client. And it's almost, it almost happens every time that as they put their prices up, they bring on more and more of their ideal clients, often their dream clients. And it happens more and more easily as their prices increase, which is kind of crazy when you think about it, but it's also brilliant. But to be very clear, this only works if your clients perceive that the offer they are getting is amazing value. Because generally people do want to buy more expensive things. They just need to be able to justify it or to have a good reason to go for it. So pack your offer full of value and give them that good reason. Yeah. And I think, you know, part of it is you just have to do it. It is just get out there and put a price out there and actually don't let pricing hold you back from doing it. And if it doesn't work, you can try a different one. Like I said before, you don't have to keep pricing the same all the time. You can change it as many times as you like. And I think it's important just to go out there and see what happens. And you never know, you might be wildly successful. Absolutely. I would very much say feel the fear and do it anyway. So one of my good friends on social media and um, one of my Instagram besties, she heard me speak on a networking event back in November. Um, I think I was talking on upselling and she applied some of what she learned with a fabulous value packed upsell offer within her business. 
Now, I have to say it was wildly, wildly outside of her comfort zone to do so, but she felt the fear and did it anyway. And she actually sold two of these um, amazing value upsell offers in the first week. And the great thing was this was such a massive win for her lovely clients who got this phenomenal value offer um, that hadn't been offered before. They were So they were paying more, but they, it was jam-packed and such a win for them. But it was also a massive win for my friend in her business because she made a, a significant amount higher profit on that because of the higher price point. And that's what you're looking for anyway, as in any situation, is that it's a win-win for both you and the clients. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, yeah, it's making sure that you kind of are really clear what you're offering and what your what your main unique selling thing is. Ruth, it's been absolutely lovely to talk to you. Where can people find you? So I actually have a free business growth strategies newsletter, which I would love anyone to subscribe to. You can find that on my website, which is www.successcoaching.biz. And it's in the top right-hand corner. Very easy to find. Um, You can connect with me on LinkedIn, Ruth Ferreira, or connect with me on Instagram, which is probably where you'll see the funnest side of me. My Instagram is grow your business with Ruth. I would love to connect and get to know anyone that is listening to your fabulous podcast, Sally. And we'll put all of those uh, links in the show notes so that people can find you afterwards. Thank you so much. It's been brilliant. Thanks a lot. Thank you. It's been a real pleasure. I've really enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Pricing Queen podcast. If you did, please do leave a review. And five-star reviews are obviously my favourite. On Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And as it helps me to get much better coverage for this podcast and gets more people to hear about the tips and things that I share. If you want to follow me, the best place to find me is on Instagram at The Pricing Queen. And I look forward to seeing you next week. Take care. Bye-bye.